0: Welcome to the Collecting Confidence podcast where we'll explore confidence, what it is, why we need it, how we get it, and how we lose it. I'm John Barrett. Hello, this is John Barrett. Thank you for joining me today on Collecting Confidence. Today we're going to be talking with Laura Maloney and Laura is someone that I met on Instagram, and she talks about self-compassion, celebrating your growth, and about journaling. And when I thought about journaling, I thought, well, I don't journal. When I think back to journaling, I would say, no, I don't do that. That's like having a diary. And then I got to thinking, I actually used to do some journaling, various forms of it. And when I look back at it, it's kind of interesting. When I was fourth grade, I moved from one school to another, And I did a lot of writing in my notebooks at the time, and I guess that was journaling. And I didn't think of it as journaling. It was I was supposed to keep track of what was going on during my day and write about what I was thinking about and maybe do some poems or some short stories. But as I looked at it, I saw that I was a very sad child because I just left my neighborhood that I knew, my friends that I knew, I came out to this new school, which was a wonderful school and had great people in it, but they already had their little groups, of little friends, and I came in the middle of the fourth grade year. So over Christmas break, I just kind of showed up when they came back from Christmas break, and I didn't know anybody, and they didn't know me, and it took a long time before I was accepted into the group, I guess. And it probably didn't take that long, but it sure feels like a long time when you're in fourth grade and you've just left everything you know and you come to a new place and you hope it'll be good, but nobody knows you. They don't even know your name. That was, I think, very eye-opening for me to look at the journaling, look at the stuff. And as I do it now, I do it on social media, I do journaling, I keep track of stuff, but I'll also keep track when I get a new job. I keep track of my first hundred days. And I didn't think about it, but almost every job that I've ever had, I write down what happened each day. Because it it shows me a little bit of that imposter syndrome. When I started that job, I had no idea what I was doing, how to answer this, how to do that. By the 100th day, it's become so commonplace that it's not even worth writing about anymore. And some of them are hilarious. When I worked at a pet store, I used to get all kinds of people coming in asking all kinds of questions or telling me all kinds of stories about their pets or what they wanted. Someone wanted to know the ideal temperature for octopus in order for them to mate. And I was in high school or college. I didn't know. What, what would I know about octopus, octopi? I sit and I watch those things. I look at the things. I read those things. I go, oh, that is kind of interesting stuff. And it was kind of nice at the time to be able to write it down because I didn't have anybody to talk to, no close friends, but I wanted to share that story with someone, so I wrote it down. And I think that journaling does have some really good benefits to it. I think that that's something that is of interest to me, and Laura has written about that. She's self-published her own journal on confidence, so I'm hoping that we'll get to talk about that, about confidence in general, and I hope you'll stick around and listen to it. Joining me now is Laura Maloney, and she is the creator of The Self Set, a blog or platform that she uses to create tangible strategies and relatable thoughts on self-compassion and self-acceptance. Welcome. Thank you for joining us, Laura.
1: Hi, Excited to be here.
0: I have been a follower of yours for a while on Instagram. It is very fun. Can you tell people where they can find you on Instagram just right off the bat here?
1: You can find me at The Self Set.
0: Excellent. And it's just, it's fun to look through all the stuff that you've posted. And we'll talk a little bit about some of those things. But before we talk about collecting confidence, I want to find out what does confidence mean to you?
1: I think confidence is really about understanding your value. I think it's understanding the good and bad sides of yourself. For me personally, I was someone who lacked a lot of confidence for years. I was someone who struggled a lot with insecurities. And for a while, I used to think that confidence is just, oh, you have to be outgoing and that's it. You know, confident people are outgoing are outgoing people and non-confident people are shy people. And I've learned to see those as separate things. You can be come across as shy, as reserved, as quiet, but still have confidence, like still have that instinctual belief of your value of that you're capable of doing what you put your mind to and you have a voice worth sharing. Yeah. So I think it goes boils down to those things, just that true acceptance of who you are and embracing who you are.
0: Excellent. And you talked about starting off with insecurities and stuff. Is there anything that like I I have some insecurities and some of them I can find a tangible origin to and some of them I can't. Are there any things that you can think of that
1: cause those insecurities? Not specifically. It's a little tricky because it's a, a few different things. A lot of times a lot of my insecurities I think come from comparisons and like the media and stuff. I think particularly women, it's like we get compared of like, this is what beauty looks like. So there's those type of body image type insecurities that come up. But then a lot for me that led me to be so quiet and you know not feel comfortable owning my voice was a lot more of those like, Fear of what people would think, type of thought. Um, I think I would have those type of thoughts of like, oh, I'm boring or I'm, you know, this type of thing. And I would project that thing, oh, they think that I'm boring. They think that. And because of that, I would just kind of stay more and more quiet. You
0: know? I think there's a lot of that that goes on the things that you're talking about. Uh, and particularly more so for women, it is so good to be a guy sometimes, but that being told how you're supposed to look or how you're supposed to act or all of those things. That that's really hard. And I think that we see a lot of that in the media, social media, for sure, where people only show you their best side. Usually it's more rare that someone will show you when they're not having a good day or when things are going wrong. They everybody shows you when they're on vacation, when they've just had this huge makeover or whatever. When you're looking at comparisons, is there anything that you can do to minimize that comparison or just to own it or be comfortable with it?
1: I think kind of maybe just what you touched on right there. I think especially with social media, I've noticed just being aware of the fact that people are posting their their highlight reel, really. Like the fact that it's not really them all the time or you're seeing just a small snippet of who that person is. I think that has helped me a lot with um, when I go on social media and start comparing myself. And I think, hmm, I don't, I think a lot of it, it's also just, it goes back to that acceptance of who you are. I think it's the idea of once you're clear of your values and what's most important to you, then those smaller things might start to slip away a little bit of those type of um, superficial type insecurities there. I think the more you, you know, the more that you remember what really matters to you.
0: Can you think of a time or a moment where you started to gain some confidence? Something that happened that you said, hey, maybe I can do it. Hey, maybe I'm not, whatever.
1: Absolutely. I think for me, back in college, I used to write for an online magazine. Yeah, it was it a was type of online magazine where different colleges had different chapters in it. In my university, there was 10 of us that wrote for this magazine. And I would always write about personal development, self-improvement type topics. I was always drawn to those, even when I was in this bad you know, spot in my life when I was feeling very insecure, low self-esteem. And I remember one time writing one piece that was maybe a short little three paragraph article. And I call, it was called, You are a work in progress and that's okay. Really it was like an open letter to myself of like, Hey, it's okay where I am right now. It's okay to not be okay. Like I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, a masterpiece, you know, I'm still in progress. It was a sort of thing. I wrote it, published it. And months later, I'm sitting in like a coffee shop. I was procrastinating on my schoolwork and I pull up Facebook and on Facebook, like on the messages, there's a message request. If you're not friends with someone. And I never noticed that. And I you know, noticed it and was like, Oh, I have a message request. Let me click on that. And it was this girl who I've never met, just a complete stranger sent me a message and said, hi, you don't know me. I came across your article and wanted to tell you how much it meant to me. Like I'm, I I haven't been in a good spot and that was exactly the type of reminder I needed and just reading that sort of thing. And let me tell you, as I was sitting in that coffee shop, I just started like crying like that, that recognition, realizing that something I wrote, like something just my own words made a difference to someone else was such a huge it just meant so much to me. And that was such a big reminder of like, you know, especially being a quiet person, being a shy kid, like I'm like, oh wait, maybe I actually have something worth saying and worth being heard.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it is rewarding when you find out that something that you did has helped someone else like that. And that's why telling these stories, I think, on this podcast, the idea is to let people know if fact, you had something posted on your Instagram page that said, remember, no one has it figured out. And mm-hmm. I've been trying to explain that to people that none of us know what we're doing. We're all just, some of us fake it better than others. Talk a little bit about that, about the fact that no one has it all figured out.
1: Absolutely. That was something I especially coming out of college. I think what was really clear to me, the more I was um, working in these different jobs, interacting with different people, it's a sort of thing where like no one has like a owner's manual for life. Like, I don't think any of us know what we're actually doing, you know, and everyone on just a simple level, everyone makes mistakes. Like that's a cheesy childhood statement to say, but it's true. Like when I've in the past compared myself to other people, I think it's been in that lens of, oh my gosh, people have it figured out. And I don't like people have everything are on top of things, and I'm like falling apart or whatever. And it was it's been recent that the more i sh- I've shared my own struggles, my own like mistakes and things like that, how many other people have like reached out to me and been like, oh, I've done that too, or oh, I totally identify with that. And that's been uh, just o- eye opening so the idea of like, okay, we are all ex- even though we all have different experiences, we're all experiencing the similar emotions and similar like, yeah, we're all making mistakes and we're all trying to figure it out as we go.
0: Yeah. A lot of the times when I'm looking through your Instagram page, I keep seeing these things. It's like, oh, she just totally nailed that one. And it is, it's an interesting thing to think of that comparing yourself to others. You were talking about that earlier and I'm by nature, I try not to ever be comparable to others. I try to be strange enough and different enough, but there's a philosophy, a quote that I saw that it's um, don't try to be like others. In fact, pray that you're not like them and, and to find that difference and embrace it. And you talked about self-compassion on your page. Tell me a little bit about that self-compassion and self-acceptance.
1: Yeah. For me, those are two of the biggest things that have made a difference in my journey towards like building confidence and learning to love myself. Back when I was really struggling with my confidence and with my self-esteem, it always felt like I needed to fix these parts of myself. I needed to fix my shyness. I needed to fix all these parts, places, parts of me that were failing in my mind. And I don't, I can't remember a specific time where my mindset switched, but at some point I was like, I started to realize that maybe, well, first that I needed to be more kind to myself, that realization of like, wait, what if I, instead of, trying to fix these things about myself, what if I started to accept them or at least approach them in a way of, with empathy and with kindness of like, okay, it's understandable that I feel this way, you know, that I feel that being shy is bad. Like it's understandable from what I've been told, whether in the media or by other people. So that empathy there for that, there's nothing wrong with how I feel there. And then and from that diving deeper, it's like, and maybe there's actually nothing wrong with being shy reframing it, like the, that shyness is really being thoughtful, is really being more reserved with what you wanna say, but it doesn't mean that you're boring. It doesn't mean all, like, that you lack actual thoughts or opinions or anything like that, that I've been, I was believing before then. And I think just overall, that sort of compassion for myself where I was, even in a place where I wasn't happy with myself, that opened the door to allow me to learn to love myself, to accept myself and build that confidence. And that's why that's something that those are the two big components that is missing in topics of self-love and confidence and things like that, that I just feel very driven to talk about. I feel very like, you know, let's not skip over these. Let's actually work <laughs> through and like accept ourselves instead of just, instead of just trying to fix ourselves.
0: Uh huh. When I watch the videos that you've posted on Instagram, shyness does not come to mind. And I look at them and I go, oh, that is, that looks like the life of the party right there. And I'm wondering, because self-acceptance and being okay with stuff, we're always judging and worried about being judged. How many of those did you get on the first shot versus shooting them over and over and over again?
1: <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's the thing with social media. Because it does definitely comes across like it's easy. And maybe it's gotten easier for me the more I've done it. But it's a sort of thing where, yeah, it's taken those repeating it you know i go on instagram stories a lot too and i'm try to be kind of on the fly with those if i have certain thoughts or ideas to share and those i still i have to like oh let me re-record that but it's a sort of thing that i i actually have fun with it and maybe it's because on one side it's you don't have to see the other person when you're posting on social media or things like that that makes it a little easy if you're on more of a shy person mm-hmm. but i think it's something that I think my bit, the main thing with the videos I post on on my the self set is that it just takes practice, and that's something that's helped me build more confidence around those type of videos and have come maybe helped me come across more natural more natural on those videos. Mm-hmm. It's just that the more I do it and really believing in what I'm talking about, self compassion and self acceptance are topics that I care so much about that I'm like I feel so much more confident about what I'm saying because it's something I really care about. Mm-hmm. One
0: of the things I know from social media is you can find trolls out there who are willing to judge you and say things about you. And some of the things that you've done in your life, you've had to be judged, whether it's writing or some of the other things that you might have tried out for and maybe got accepted or not accepted. How do you deal with that possibly negative feedback for something that you thought you did a good job in?
1: Absolutely. There's definitely been so many times like that. It's the sort of thing where when I think about that, when I think about jobs that I've really wanted and didn't get, or if I think about, yeah, the type of I've posted something and didn't really get the same feedback, or you know, when I've written blog articles and someone has disagreed with me, it's it does kind of hurt, of course, especially if it's something that you believe in or really, really want. I think I tend to try to think about those type of moments as learning opportunities. That's something that I've been trying to get better at because I think I do, especially if you're in a spot where you putting yourself out there, like with content and, jo- you know, going out for new jobs or whatever. It's a sort of situation where, yeah, getting rejected or getting, hearing people disagree with you kind of hurts, but it's, yeah, I think it's the more that I do it. I think it's mainly just... I guess it goes probably goes back to the idea of knowing who you are and knowing what's important to you. So, for example, like the type of content that I create, I have gotten times where it's you know people don't really like you know not everyone is into self-compassion self-acceptance. I've gotten those type of comments of like, oh, that's all you're talking about on this, uh, you know, on making videos about this. And it's for me, I know that it's something that's important to me, and I know that someone out there listening is gonna appreciate it. Is really like just like the idea of the girl who sent me the Facebook message, but there's someone out there who needs to hear what I have to say and focusing on that as opposed to, okay, this person doesn't like what I'm doing. That's not the person for me. That's not my audience. And taking that as like, that's not anything bad about me. It's like, yeah, it's the idea that, just because that person doesn't like me doesn't mean other people won't. Mm-hmm. And that's been the biggest realization for me because I've definitely have fallen into the idea of like, oh, let me try to please everyone. I want all the attention. I want all, everyone to like what I'm doing. And it's, that's impossible. And just mm-hmm. knowing that just because some people don't like what you're doing doesn't mean everyone's not gonna like it. There's always gonna be someone who's gonna appreciate what you have to say.
0: Right, and you can find all kinds of you know the most beautiful woman in the world on the magazine cover and you'll find people that don't like that person at all and mm-hmm. so there is no pleasing everyone, but it is hard when it's us because we would' like to please everyone if we could but then at some point that self-acceptance and self-compassion you realize i I'm not going to please everyone, this is me and a couple of people might like me and a couple might not, and that's the way it goes but are there any tools that you've used to self-identify what, who, or who you are, how you're wired, any of that kind of stuff?
1: I think for me, journaling has been a great tool. I think it's given me that opportunity to write out how I feel and my thoughts, both in the way of owning, of learning to own my voice, learning of what's important to me, and also on the idea of that self-reflection of being able to write out all the bad things, like all those negative thoughts, that's inner critic, like letting her kind of write out onto the page And then from there, be able to reflect on that. And, you know, on that page, also coming across, writing out how I would approach myself as a friend, you know, that type of allowing myself to be more kind to myself and approach all this negativity with more kindness and more self-compassion. And I just think doing it in a journal just makes it so much easier out out of your head onto a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. That's been such a game changer for me.
0: Well, speaking of journals, I saw a journal on Amazon called Create Your Confidence, and it turns out it was published by you. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I self-published the Create Your Confidence guided journal about a year ago. It was kind of a personal project of mine. It's the sort of thing where when I was working through uh, building confidence and work through insecurities, and when I was going to therapy, I I had learned that concept of cognitive reframing. It's this idea of recognizing the thought, like that whatever insecure thought is going through your head, understanding it, understanding where it's coming from, and then reframing it, like to try and take it that other direction, positive spin to it. And then just the idea of doing that again and again, over time, that's the type of, process that has made such a big difference for me uh, working through a lot of specific insecurities and it was something I hadn't seen laid out in that sort of way in a journal in like kind of a workbook of sorts and so it was just such an awesome project to do that yeah I released it on Amazon about a year ago and it's just been one of my favorite projects I've done
0: and it's called create your confidence Mm -hmm. okay I like that one uh, let's talk a little bit. Uh, you you had a post on there that I thought was very interesting. It was it, talk about the problem of toxic positivity. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: For me personally, in my experience, when I was dealing with a lot of insecurities and like I mentioned, I was really into personal development and self-improvement and this idea to fix myself. And in that process, I would definitely, when I would face an insecurity or face just negativity, I would try to push it down. I felt that's what you were supposed to do of just like, that's how you cope is just push it down and then, oh, no, everything's good. We're all good. Everything's fine. And it's that type that is toxic. Like the problem with that is that you're not actually coping with that. Like you're not coping with what you're dealing with and coping with those emotions. You're just pushing them down and eventually they come out. Like they... It boils over. And that's why I realized in my experience, I got halfway through college and was really in a bad place with like my mental health, my emotional well-being because I'd been spending so long just pushing it down and acting like everything was fine. Yeah, so it's a sort of thing where as I've grown and as I've really worked on myself and worked on accepting myself, I've also accepted, how I feel. I've accepted those times when I don't feel hundred percent and I don't feel confident or if I don't, or if I just feel down instead of just trying to push it down or ignore it, I acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And that's been, it's helped me so much. Like my emotional health.
0: I, I have a lot of people that will argue about is the glass half full or half empty. And to me, it's not an argument. It's, do you want the glass to be full? I'd much rather empty the glass and then find a way to refill it. But it's, you have to Figure out what it is you want rather than trying to be what everyone else wants you to be. Figure out what you want and then be okay with it. Maybe you want to be shy. Maybe you want to fly under the radar. Maybe you don't want the attention. That should be okay. But you have to sit down and analyze who you are, how you're wired, and what you really want. Not what everyone else wants you to be. Oh, I wish you were more outgoing. If you want to be outgoing, then yes, let's work on that. But do not doing stuff because other people. Don't be the, the person that they want you to be. Be the person that you want you to be. One thing you also put on there was that you're doing better than you think you are. And that I thought was just so awesome because so many of us look at that that glass half empty and say, I'm not this, I'm not that. and And there's a lot of things that we're doing well. And I wondered if you ever looked back and saw the life of the party that we see on Instagram versus the you that was worried and had insecurities before.
1: Absolutely, that's something that, I have tried to, is an interesting way to look at things because there are times that we set such high standards for ourselves, especially if we're working on towards um, building more confidence. I know I've definitely have had this picture in my mind of the type of person I'd want to be of this confident woman, you know, who can show up and who is hundred percent herself, doesn't care what other people think. And I've tried to like shoot for her. And over time, I realized that that's not Yeah. It's the idea of like, I am becoming her and it's understanding that it won't just happen all at once. Because even if, when I am feeling confident, I can always feel more confident, you know, even the most confident people have not so good days. So there's never one total top of the mountain. You've made it in your confidence. I feel like it's, and if you have that mindset, then you're always getting that you're failing. Mm -hmm. So switching the mindset to I am becoming that person and here's all the evidence of how I've built my confidence along the way. That's just the, yeah, that you're doing so much better than you think you are.
0: Yeah. There's a Native American saying, don't let yesterday take up too much of today, but also take a look back at yesterday and make sure that you've moved forward. You know, that's an important thing to make sure you're moving forward from that. One other thing that you had on there was that, you there's a really fun one that you posted. I thought I wasn't smart enough. I thought I wasn't athletic enough. And and I love that. And it turns out that you are enough. And t- talk a little bit about that, that accepting self-acceptance of you are enough.
1: Yeah, the idea of the you are not, uh, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough, smart enough. That's something that I really struggled with. That was probably my biggest insecurity uh, were these standards I'd set on myself of how I was supposed to be and just not feeling enough to that person I wanted to be. A lot of times also those standards were coming from other people. Like we had mentioned, like the media or maybe what other people have kind of told you about what a beautiful person looks like or what success looks like. You kind of learn that from those type of definitions from other people. And for me, I've definitely have learned to accept that who I am is enough when, yeah, just over time, it's been, that was, that's the biggest part of my self-acceptance journey, I think is that acknowledgement and Aware and acceptance of like, hey, like, okay, there are parts of me that I'm not 100% happy about, you know, there are parts of me that aren't perfect. And, but that doesn't mean anything, that That, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, it's just over time, it's that, it's that acceptance of who you are, and starting to embrace who you are, those parts of you, you know, I've learned to embrace the parts of me that are more reserved, the parts of me that are a little more or a little weird or things mm-hmm. like that, or a little silly, uh, as opposed to fitting into a box of this idea of a, be- you know, smart and beautiful and just those big labels that we try to shoot for.
0: Mm-hmm. When, when you, when you've been interviewing for jobs and they say, tell me a time when things didn't work, did you have this long checklist of things just because you were always looking at the the negative things? Because I know people that are like that, that oh, this went wrong and this went wrong. and
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's so funny that you brought that up. Cause I was just talking to someone about that, about how, like, I think there's a a psychological uh, term for it, but we, that confirmation bias. So if you think that you're like a shy person, you're going to remember all the times that you were shy. Or that if you think that you're unreliable or incapable, you're going to think of all those times that you screwed up or that you did that. And it's just going to be more and more evidence for yourself, but you have to like, it takes time to retrain your brain to look towards those other, the evidence of the good of like, okay, no, I am a confident person because I'm really standing up and I'm sharing my thoughts and I'm connected with people and speaking my mind and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's funny that you say that because it is, it is so natural for us to be like, okay, here's my laundry list of all the things that's wrong with me. Here's all my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's. It's an interesting process to try to retrain our brains to like, okay, here's all my strengths and here's evidence of all my strengths.
0: Mm-hmm. And it, it, w- the voices that we hear from other people kind of frame us and guide us and who we surround ourselves with has a real big impact on us. But we're one of the people whose voice we hear all the time. So what we are telling ourselves is huge. And And you talk a little bit about both being able to find and to own your own voice, which is really important because your voice influences you a lot talk a little bit about that
1: absolutely that's a big thing That that could be owning the idea of owning my voice has kind of showed up in different parts of my life i think personally like internally i think that's the way of my self-acceptance journey of the idea of like learning more about myself and accepting the parts of myself the good and the bad and the uh embracing what makes me unique and things like that And then also, on the other side of, in my experience, having a platform to really speak my mind and really share the thoughts and the type of ideas that have really helped me, share the type of strategies that have really helped me, having that sort of avenue to connect with other people. The more I've done that, the better I felt about who I am and about what I'm doing compared to all the times in the past where I've just stayed small, kept quiet. And so, yeah, both owning my voice, both within myself and out in the world.
0: And a lot of times when we're looking at who we are and trying to make changes, we take on a mentor or a leader, a coach, a teacher, something like that. Have you had people like that that have served as a mentor, served as a guide for you to help you go from A to B and move along in your journey?
1: Yeah. I think the people who have made the biggest difference in my life when it comes to building confidence and really Learning to accept myself have been those type of people who are unapologetically themselves. I have known, I'm lucky that I've had, I have one aunt who is always that kind of growing up was always kind of that wacky aunt. You know, she didn't have kids of her own. So she kind of raised me and my sister in a way. And she was always wanting to be that fun aunt. But she's the type of person that would always just be completely herself. She was, she knew who she was. She knew what she wanted to do. She knew you know, to her, she prioritized fun, she prioritized being happy and doing being who you want to be and enjoying what you're doing. And that's something that when I think about that, when I think about the person I want to be the confident person who just is herself and speaks up and isn't afraid of the way she's seen, I my mind always goes back to to my aunt. It's good to have those people in mind, the type of people that the person you want to be, what would they do in that situation is the type of thing I like to think about.
0: Excellent. Is there as we go out here, is there any one tip that you could give to people to help them gain or maintain their confidence?
1: I think one thing that's helped me the most is finding ways to celebrate the signs of my growth, if that makes sense. The idea is what we kind of touched on, that evidence that you're building confidence, because as we had talked about, it's we tend to see this ideal person we want to be. And as we're shooting up there, we don't notice how far we've come. For me personally, I think trying to have those opportunities, whether it's just journaling in the evening of, okay, what have I done the past day, past week, past month, or past year where I've grown, whether it's been in a situation where I spoke up in a meeting at work, if I confronted someone who wasn't treating me well, if I shared videos and gotten more and more comfortable on camera and things like that, those are all signs of my growth. and it's. Even if I don't feel confident, I still have that evidence of like, wait, I am building confidence. Here's all the ways how I I've built confidence.
0: Excellent. And if people want to boost their morale, they can go and look at at the self-set and see all of the things that you've posted. A formerly shy person who is having a great time helping build everyone else up. And they can also get your journal, Create Your Confidence. That's available on Amazon.
1: Yep. That's great. That's correct. Create Your Confidence Guide Journal.
0: Thank you very much for being here. This has been great fun.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it.
0: Okay. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Today's tip of the day is to be kind to yourself. Have some self-compassion. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can get more information about confidence and check out the merchandise store on the website at collectingconfidence.com. If you like what you heard, subscribe and pass the link along to a friend who needs to collect confidence. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. It's one of the only ways to know if I'm doing a good job. Another way to let me know is to go to the support page. Consider making a small monthly pledge. A pledge as small as the cost of a cup of coffee each month goes a long way to keep the episodes and the information coming your way. The last way to let me know what you think is to drop by our Facebook page or send me an email at john at collectingconfidence.com. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to help you. Now let's go collect confidence.